Welcome to a special five-part podcast series entitled Mastering Chat GPT. My special guest throughout this five-part journey is Larry Roberts, an accomplished IT and marketing professional with over 25 years of experience. Over this series, we will look at AI and Chat GPT, the ethics of Chat GPT, how Chat GPT will change education and compliance training, the intersection of creativity and Chat GPT, and the business applications of Chat GPT. I know you'll enjoy this series, and I hope you'll join myself and Larry Roberts for the entire five part exploration of the use of this cutting edge technology for your business. Welcome to Mastering Chat GPT. This episode two, the ethical implications of Chat GPT. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox back again with Larry Roberts for our continuation of our five part series on Chat GPT. Today it's Chat GPT and Ethical AI. First of all, welcome back, Larry. Thanks so much, Tom. I appreciate it. So there are some ethical issues that have come up already that I wanted to maybe explore with you and maybe start with data privacy, not only personal data, but I have a lot of concerns about corporate data and people putting in data that perhaps should be kept confidential to a corporation. Yeah, that can be very scary. And that's why I think we're already seeing a lot of companies step forward with their policies and some of them even blocking chat GPT from the, their internet services. It can be extremely scary because I know a lot of companies are worried about their proprietary data being passed back and forth to ChatGPT and then that being leveraged for the language model, for training the language model. But one of the cool things that we've seen as of late, it's only been a few weeks now, but you have the opportunity within ChatGPT to turn off data retention. So if you don't want your conversation stored on ChatGPT, that's now an option. If you go into your settings, it's just a toggle switch. You can turn that on and off. So passing that data back and forth isn't necessarily something that you have to participate in any longer. And that was a serious consideration by OpenAI, who were the developers of ChatGPT. They wanted to be able to provide the public with that anonymity and make the public feel more comfortable in using ChatGPT. It's such a robust tool and there's so many opportunities that are here. They want to take as many opportunities as they can to put in place as many safety measures as possible to put the public at ease. So what about things like GDPR, data privacy, the right to be forgotten, and other protections that may not yet exist in the United States, but U.S. corporations and others have to worry about? It's definitely considerations, and they're taking that into account. When I say they, OpenAI is taking that into account. And so OpenAI is not the only company out there that's putting together these applications. And one of the cool things about that is, is that at least from an OpenAI perspective, they're willing to work with other developers to make sure they put in place these safeguards and these measures that allow for privacy to be a part of the ongoing We'll call it experiment with AI. Again, a lot of these aren't in place yet, but as we continue to see the evolution of the tech of the technology itself, we're also seeing the questions that are being asked. And those questions that are being asked are all part of the discussions of how OpenAI and Google and the other companies that are here, NVIDIA is a big player in the game as well, how all of these companies are coming together to ensure those types of policies and procedures are in place for everybody. 
Larry, how about potential misuse, whether that might be, or what are some of the misuse scenarios you've either seen or heard about, or you've been asked to help counsel companies around? It's very easy to misuse any of these tools. And of course, you put something out on the internet, we're going to find all the most amazing trolls that are out there. And they're going to take everything, every opportunity they, they can to leverage it to, to do naughty things. And while we've seen some of that take place, OpenAI has been very responsive into restricting the type of information and restricting the type of queries that ChatGPT will even process. So if you are coming in there and you are trying to research ways to do some things that maybe aren't legal or aren't ethical, ChatGPT will shut you down. And it, it's funny because when, when ChatGPT first came out, people were finding ways around these. They were finding workarounds, which is something that humans are very good at as well, in coding their prompts and in writing their prompts in a way that circumvented the safety measures that were put in place. But just as quick as our trolls are doing what they're doing, trying to come up with ways to misuse it, OpenAI is on the back end working with ways to shut that down as well. So uh, the big thing is making sure that we work together, not just with the developers, but with, again, the other companies that are out there and some of the experiences that they face. And we work together with the users themselves. That's one of the coolest things about ChatGPT and OpenAI is it's a collaborative effort with it being open sourced and with the APs that are uh, APIs that are out there. Developers, ha developers have an opportunity to expose these breaches in securities or these opportunities to breach the security measures that were put in place. Larry, do you see any analogy with what we used to call fake news with chat GPT, AI, and disinformation? That's a very difficult question to answer. There's definitely instances where chat GPT has appeared to show favoritism to one side of an argument or another. But again, that goes down to defining what does the user refer to as disinformation. With the 2020 elections, I don't want to get too political here, but with as much controversy as surrounded our previous elections and the disinformation that was being propagated throughout all of social media, of course, that is a major concern for ChatGPT and OpenAI as well. And it goes back to not just mitigating the risk, but even training the models in a way that prevents misinformation. So going back to our previous episode, when we we're talking about how we train the large language models or how OpenAI trains the large language models, they can be very selective with the text or the data that they use to train the models on. So that's where we have to dial back and look at it from an ethics perspective as well of going who determines what data is gonna be leveraged to train the models with. So that's something that needs to continue to be discussed and it's a discussion that's happening each and every day. We're not sure exactly where that's going to take us, but it's definitely at the forefront of the thought process. Larry, I've heard you use a phrase I was not familiar with and that is the human in the loop approach. Could you explain what that is? 
That goes back to essentially what I was talking about in leveraging the usage of the community as well as the AI developers. So that's making sure that we're not just looking at it from a programmatic perspective or an algorithmic perspective, but also from a community respect as well. So that's where we keep the humanity involved. And that's one of the biggest concerns that people have about AI is the elimination of the human element or the human component. Whether you're looking at it from a decision-making perspective or you're looking at it from thinking back to our podcasting side of things, if you're looking at it from a content creation perspective, we still need that human element. And especially when it comes to regulations and putting safety measures in place, we have to understand that we bring an element to the table that the AI can't bring just yet. And I'm curious to see even in the future if the AI can ever bring it to the forefront by itself at all. But that's a major concern. And as an example, just a couple of weeks ago, I read a story, I think it was last week actually, where the Navy was going through a test scenario where they launched a missile to attack a SAM site or a surface to air missile site. And the missile was using AI to guide it and target these SAM sites. And they had built in human overrides into this test. The operator of the drone missile was trying to override the impact at this one particular site, but the AI in the rocket said, no, you're interfering with my overall objective. So it turned and went after the operator. So without that human interaction, we could definitely have results that were totally not calculated in our original approach. And seeing that we still have to have that human in the loop approach to what we're doing was demonstrated just by that test alone. So those are the types of scenarios that we want to avoid. And as long as you and I are a part of the decision-making process, we can continue to avoid them. That really leads into the next topic I wanted to explore a little bit with you, Larry, which is ethics of AI. And maybe could I ask you to start by explaining or defining AI ethics? Yeah, it's really revolves around accountability. It revolves around IP, whether or not we own the rights to leverage some of this, this data that we're getting back from ChatGPT, and overall privacy. Privacy is becoming a mainstay of conversations regardless of what we're talking about. But those three points in particular really revolve around where do we make the decisions and where do ethics come into play? IP is always a major concern, but as you can see by the latest developments with ChatGPT, where we can turn on and off the data that we're giving back to them, privacy is a major factor as well. As a user, would you feel comfortable inputting personal information into ChatGPT to maybe write a biography or do any kind of data analysis on your own, maybe your private finances or even your business finances? That's where we have to start wondering, how do we manage these ethical concerns and how do they play a part in the development of this AI process? So the, I'm going to maybe throw one more in for your consideration, and that's transparency. Because a lot of people are concerned about potential bias in AI. You sure. have bias, I have bias, we all have biases as humans. Do I want my bias put into my AI queries and how do I avoid that? But in the compliance world, we talk about transparency leading to auditability. Is that a part of the AI discussions? It's definitely a part of the AI discussions. So far, I haven't seen it be much of the AI considerations, and hopefully we'll see an evolution of that path. With AI, it's interesting to hear these companies talk about transparency because in their attempts to be transparent, 
they're really just speaking back to us, at least from my experience, on a level that most people aren't going to comprehend. They start getting into the tech side of things. They start getting into the programmatic side of things. And we as end users, we don't have any idea what any of that means. So while they can claim transparency, it's very difficult for us as an end user, just an average end user with no technical background whatsoever to really understand what that transparency even means. When it comes back down to biases, again, going back to what we were talking about as far as training the models and determining what data is used to train the models. Obviously, there's gateways that are involved there as to whether or not they're going to allow this data in and that data in, and who makes that decision, and where's the transparency there? It's really left up to us as an end user to look at maybe the board of directors on OpenAI, look at their maybe their political leanings, look at their stance on certain things, and determine whether or not those biases are in place. I had done some independent testing myself to see if some of the perceived inherent biases were there. And in my experience, I felt like I was able to uncover some biases. Now, who determines whether or not that's right? You know, maybe I'm biased in the fact that it was biased. So who is that to make the decision? But that goes back to transparency. We really need to have a deeper understanding and a better understanding of where the developers are coming from, where these corporations are coming from, and what their overall end goals are. One of the potential criticisms I hear, and you will tell from my question, I put zero stock in it, is AI and job displacement. Or let me take it to the legal profession, my sure. profession. As a young associate, I was tasked with writing memos or pleadings that went to a senior partner who would review it and then approve it or not. And then that might go to a client, it might go to a court, it might be used in some other forum. But for me, the learning moment was creation of whatever that document was. Well, now I, if I'm a young lawyer and I have chat GPT, I may use that as the writing assistant, as you said, or as I said, as a first draft. But what I see is an opportunity to perhaps change training. Um, maybe there's opportunities that a chat GPT will create in communication space we haven't thought of because we can use chat GPT for a wide variety of tasks we use now. Do you see something like that or do you really see the job displacement or loss of training as a real problem at this point? We're starting to see it. I just had someone, I talked to a guy just late last week where his wife works for Sprint and they're seeing tons of layoffs because they're leveraging AI to do a lot of the customer service work that they were outsourcing overseas. So they're literally seeing tens of thousands of people being laid off and displaced by the implementation of AI. So is it a genuine concern? Sure it is. And we'll continue to see it and it will continue to evolve and it will continue to become more and more of a concern. But one of the things that I heard from, I believe it was Gary Vaynerchuk was the per first person I ever heard say it, and I believe it at 100%, was that AI is not going to take our jobs. It's people that learn how to leverage AI that are going to take our jobs. So that's where the responsibility falls on us to evolve and change with the times and learn and understand how this technology can help us adapt and become more efficient and more effective at whatever position we are in. That was the perfect answer. 
And that's a great place for us to end this episode. I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where we take up just that, chat GPT and education changing the way we learn. But before we leave, Larry, if our listeners wanted to follow up with you or perhaps schedule a time to visit with you, what would be the best way for them to do? Sure thing. You can help it on my website, redhatmedia.io, or please feel free to reach out to me at meetlarryroberts.com. Jump on my calendar and let's talk about your projects for AI. Larry, I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thanks, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Mastering Chat GPT. We've put Larry Roberts' contact information in the show notes. If you have any questions of Larry, please reach out directly. He's one of the top experts literally in the country on Chat GPT, and I know he'd love to connect with you. If you'd like more information on how Chat GPT relates to your business, you can also contact me, Tom Fox. I'd love to visit with you as well. Mastering Chat GPT has been a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you will join us for our next episode.